Welcome to Career Buzz, the unique radio conversation that empowers lives, enriches careers, and energizes organizations. Today on your show, any decision she's made has come true. Hi, I'm Mark Franklin, practice leader of a team of professional career counselors at CareerCycles.com and co-founder of One Life Tools. I'm pleased to be your host today on Career Buzz. Thanks for tuning in. Dance across time today with the unique career story of dancer, entrepreneur, bodybuilder, and rehabilitation therapist, Kristen Haight. At a critical turning point in Kristen's story, she accessed career counseling to help her identify her key skills and interests, link them to career possibilities, and help make well-informed choices. And she's made many choices. After a lengthy career as a professional dancer in Winnipeg, mentored by the dance trailblazer Rachel Brown, a foot injury led Kristen to her first career change. Since then, she's made diverse career choices that have led her into filmmaking, personal training, dance instructing, bodybuilding, and now into rehabilitation therapy. She was even named Ms. Figure Manitoba in 2019. Of these many twists and turns and career choices, Kristen says, any decision I've made has come true. She now works as a rehabilitation therapy assistant, which she calls soul-fulfilling work. So there's much to learn in my interview with Kristen Haight. Kristen Haight, welcome to Career Buzz. Uh, hi, Mark. Great to be here. <laughs> thanks for so, having me. Yeah, pleasure. And uh, thanks for joining us today. What, what do you like about your work and your job these days? Well, um, I think, you know... Um, Helping people is the simplest way to put it. Um, you know, you know, when you go home at the end of the day, uh, or for myself, I go home at the end of the day, and I I know I've made a difference in people's lives, um, even if it's something as simple as, um, you know, sitting them up at the side of the bed, sort of thing. You know, uh, some patients I'm working with are very very sick people, and um, being able to find ways to communicate with these people and make them feel as comfortable as they can in a hospital. Um, you know, when building that rapport with people um, really, you know, warms my heart <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, I, I'm being able to have uh, broadened my scope of practice coming from, you know, working with the human body in terms of high level athletes to then kind of more of a general population. And now with people who have these extreme illnesses or injuries um, is just um, very satisfying work. Nice. And if people can't picture it, you, you do rehabilitation therapy. What What does that look like? What's a typical day or week? Well, um, rehab therapy assistants, I'll, I'll just say in general, um, they work as part of a team with physiotherapists or occupational therapists to treat patients who've uh, suffered, you know, muscular, musculoskeletal injuries, traumatic brain injuries, um, neurological, respiratory, or cardiovascular disorders, Um they can work in private clinics, care homes, hospitals, out in the community, visiting people in their homes, um, in schools. Uh, so anything 
post-surgical, uh, for me, re some recent examples of patients I've been working with, um, I'm working at a hospital um, in Winnipeg here, uh, some recent patients being stab wounds, uh, gunshot wounds, you know, people that have the lacerated internal organs, lung collapse, bone fractures, um, you know, hip replacements and things, uh, burn victims. Like it's, it's such a broad scope of things that we do. Um, so basically what we do is uh, with that team of other health professionals, we ensure that the patient uh, is returning to their baseline. So whatever that means to get them out of the hospital or into a, you know, a care home or something, um, depending on where they're at. Um, so, yeah. So nice. right now I work in the acute trauma care unit at the health sciences center. Wow. That's a quite a range of patients that you're dealing with from yeah. gunshot wounds and organs and hip replacements. Wow. So, so to do that job, what would you say are the, the most important skills that you draw on to be a, a good rehabilitation therapy assistant? Uh, I would, one of the main things for sure is having people skills and empathy and understanding for their conditions. Um, you have to be patient with people. You have to understand that people feel terrible they want to get out of the hospital they're some of them are frustrated um you know um, so build, being able to build a rapport with people and building people's trust because i mean you're you're handling their bodies you know for some people that's very invasive and um so being able to do that with care and dignity for these people um you know, listening skills, you have to, for yourself, comprehend, you know, body mechanics, so you're not injuring yourself, but also for the patient, you know, their their own body mechanics and considering their condition, like there's certain contraindications for moving joints and things like that, depending on what's happened to them. Um, but yeah, I, I, the one thing that came to me is you know, some of these people are in there with gunshot wounds and things like that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that it, it's likely that they maybe weren't good people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't want to put it that way, but, you know, they're coming from a place of, um, you know, not the best behavior, but yeah, yeah. You know, in a hospital and with what you're dealing with, you're you're treating people as humans first, you know, and you just don't think about that stuff, and you're just looking from the physical side of things and just trying to get them released. So, so those gotcha. can be complicated uh, situations too because they might have a violent tendency to begin with, and so it's you know sometimes a hazard but <laughs> people still need therapy so you know yeah i bet you there's lots of lots of stories and and it's interesting yeah. you know those those people skills and patience and listening and you know in the hands-on part of it there's so much talk about how you know ai and the robots are going to come and take all these jobs away and this is one that it won't take Absolutely, away yeah. because this is the, you know what what we hear is that this the jobs that require these people skills are the ones that the robots cannot replace 
Indeed. So it seems like it's yeah. quite a secure job. How's the job market for rehabilitation therapy assistance? Uh, you know, funny you say, because when I was in in the in my schooling for that, uh, there was lots of jobs coming up. And uh, right now it's been a bit sparse. <laughs> um you know, right now I'm I'm actually only in a term position. I haven't been able to secure a permanent position yet, uh, but but it it'll come. I know that uh, it's you know um, I did my pr practicum at the same hospital. I was very lucky to get a job there after my practicum finished, and um, I would really love to stay at that particular hospital. I may not have that choice. You just kind of uh, got to pay your dues and make your way through it. But there's always a lot of shifting, especially in the, in the within this hospital. You know, one person leaves to take another position someplace else, and then there's this big domino effect that happens. So, um, you know, I have faith that I'll be able to find that position, hopefully. And I actually really love doing acute acute trauma care I never ever ever expected ever expected <laughs> to be doing this type of job um but here I am well I you know I was just doing a quick search of jobs here we are like in the late winter of 2023 uh, so I found a few hundred jobs on indeed that say oh. uh, rehabilitation therapy assistant so you know and then in, in that's, across, that's in Canada right I know okay. you're I'm in Toronto here, but there you yeah. go. Uh, so interesting. My guest today is Kristen Haidt. She's a rehabilitation therapy assistant in Winnipeg. I'm your host, Mark Franklin, here on Career Buzz. Um, so, Kristen, let's let's step back in time a little bit. Um, you know, this is a relatively recent job for you, the rehab therapy assistant, and I know there's some interesting uh, twists and turns in your career. Um, so, if we go back in time and kind of get back to the beginning of when you started in the world of work, what, what did you start out with? Oh, well, uh, after high school, I went to, uh, well, it's the senior professional program of the School of Contemporary Dancers here in Winnipeg, their uh, professional training school for contemporary dance. Uh, they are affiliated as well with the uh, University of Winnipeg. So you take your academics through the U of W and I received my Bachelor of Arts with Honours, specializing in dance. Um, so I danced from the year 2000 until approximately 2015. Also during that time, I did dance instruction, uh, rehearsal direction, stage management. I was a archivist for the founder of Winnipeg's Contemporary Dancers, the company. Um, Rachel Brown, I did her, uh, archives of her dance works, helped her, you know, transfer things from VHS and beta tapes to <laughs> CDs and things and other electronic, uh, recordings and distributed those across Canada to different dance schools and libraries. Um, towards the end of my dance career, I worked on a film about Rachel Brown uh, that was made by uh, producer, director, Danielle Sterk called A Good Madness. So I was a featured performer in that, the archivist as well, you know, for Rachel Brown, uh, assistant to the director producer for that. So working behind the scenes, 
as well. That was a really big project and a really great kind of transition out of dance, so to speak. And, and can uh, I just stop you there for a sec? Because yeah. I know um, we've done a, a number of uh, you know, work and, and counseling with people who have dance backgrounds through this Dancer Transition Resource Centre. And people have this wonderful career in dance across Canada. And then something happens, um, it, you know, and, and sometimes it's injury or sometimes it's age or sometimes it's psychological. And what what happened? You know, this this transition with this, the movie sounds really interesting. But toward the end of that really long career in dance, what was the what was the thinking or what was the trigger or the turning point? Uh, it was kind of a combination. Um, I I guess it started in 2000. It was very long, actually. 2006, I started having problems with my feet uh, and, you know, some chronic, chronic issues with the metatarsal joint, joints of my feet kind of went back and forth, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot all the time. Uh, and then uh injured it further in 2012 i'd say um so i it's called sesamoiditis so it's like an inflammation of the there's a bone small bone in the first metatarsal joint of the foot there um and it was just chronic and i couldn't it couldn't be fixed unless I was getting cortisone injections. And you know, with cortisone, the more cortisone you get, the more the joint is breaking down and it's susceptible to other problems, worse problems, arthritis and things like that. So I had received in within one year, um, two injections and I realized that I wouldn't be able to continue without just constantly getting these injections. So that was one. <laughs> and so, and the other part was, um, so in 2012, Rachel Brown had passed away unexpectedly at the Canada Dance Festival uh, in her hotel room. And this is why this film came about. Um, so that was uh, absolutely devastating for myself and for the community. And, um, I still can't hardly talk about it, <laughs> but um, it really turned everything upside down. And um, so we were working on a large um, tour, like a tribute tour. And I had a really big role in, you know, rehearsal direction, teaching the choreography, dancing, in the meantime, kind of working on this film that started as well. Like it was a really huge, huge uh, couple of years of work. And emotionally, it, I think, kind of broke me, <laughs> I guess. Uh, it was, you know, I mean, like I said, it was a very good transition in a way. Very good reflection on her career and my relationship with her with Rachel Brown and um, yeah. And so behind the scenes, there was a lot of difficulty, kind of a long story, but a lot of challenge behind the scenes in terms of the direction of the tour and other things that 
happened with that, you know, the family and, uh, you know, it was just, I had to part myself from it all to just stay sane, <laughs> so to speak. So, uh, so I left completely and I was like, I want, I need to do something completely different. How, how was that? Like with, you know, you had gone to university for dance, you had been a, a dancer and, you know, and, and I, I wonder, you know, did you, when you were in it, did you just always think that it would continue or did you start to kind of make future plans, especially this injury, the chronic injury came and, and, you know, it's like, well, what am I going to do here? And so were you starting to make those plans at that point or was it more of a shock? And then, and then how did you deal with that emotionally? Yeah. You know, it was, uh, it was devastating to say the least, uh, you know, they, they say a dancer dies twice when they retire, when they're forced to retire, when they, whenever they make that choice. And it's very true. I, I went through, you know, a lot of years of depression and confusion and just not knowing what to do. Um, and, I, you know, I never expected to leave the world of dance. I, in my dream world, I would have become a full-time rehearsal director. That's what I wanted to do. I didn't choreography in itself. It wasn't something that interested me. A lot of dancers kind of transition into being choreographers, but I really wanted to rehearsal direct and uh, come, you know, in a place like Winnipeg and especially in contemporary dance, there's not a lot of money uh, available for that kind of position. So um, teaching was something I also really loved, but, you know, it's, also kind of challenging to teach when you can't move. <laughs> I mean, I could move, but you know, I, I, I wanted, I don't know. I wanted to be that young spry person who could do anything and be invincible. And, you know, it was, it was just hard for me to accept that um, my body wasn't going to do what I wanted it to do on demand. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, I left completely and I did about a year approximately in fashion design. I started working for a fashion designer as a production assistant. So I was, you know, cutting patterns for clothes, sewing, you know, taking stuff to the printers, you know, just totally something different. That's um, it. So let, let me just stop you for there a second, because that, so there's the beginning of the, well, like you said, a dancer dies twice, right? So the first death, so to speak, metaphorically. And and I just want to catch up to you with, um, you know, you had been talking about uh, Rachel Brown. And mm -hmm. and if listeners aren't familiar, like I've just been looking a little bit and, and wow, what an illustrious career. Uh, so there's rachelbrown.org and then this movie, agoodmadness.com. And I've been watching that as well. And I see actually on, on rachelbrown.org, there's a, a dance performance that she choreographed that you are featured in the video from yeah, 2011. Think, okay. Yeah. 2011, that was uh, her last professional solo that she choreographed was my solo. <laughs> um yeah. Um, 
beautiful. Well, just for listeners to have a look, like I've got it yeah. running while we're talking here. <laughs> I don't know what to say about it. It was uh, fitting, I suppose, in, in a sense uh, um, that I think, you know, I mean, in the, in the end, people, and I don't like using this word, but people said I was her muse. Um, we worked so well together and we really connected um, in the studio. And um, I'm certainly honored that she wanted to make a solo like that. The solo itself is really about birth and death and the journey in between and you know like such it's just a very fitting um topic <laughs> you know wow beautiful Kristen. like I've, so you know thank you for for sharing that and and listeners can have a look at that at uh, rachelbrown.org you're listening to Career Buzz on CIUT 89.5 FM in Toronto and worldwide at CIUT.FM. Stories show that who you are matters. I'm your host, Mark Franklin, and before continuing on with today's show, I want to let listeners know about the Career Buzz podcast episodes of inspiring career stories. Go to careercycles.com and click podcast or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Have a listen to the January 10th show featuring private yacht boat captain Robert High and career professional Angie Bjornsson. On the January 3rd show, listen to global training and development leader John Hogan. Go to careercycles.com and click podcast or subscribe to the podcast Career Buzz on your podcast app. And please do leave us a review. Did you know you can also find Career Buzz on Facebook? We have links to past episodes, pictures, and more. Go to facebook.com slash careerbuzzshow. All one word, careerbuzzshow. Now, let's get back to today's episode, Dance Across Time, with the unique career story of dancer, entrepreneur, bodybuilder, and rehabilitation therapist, Kristen Haight. So, okay, Kristen, here we are, you know, at just at the end, you were kind of bringing us up to speed at the end of the dance career, and this movie came along, and then all of a sudden, you started to do this completely other thing. Um, how did you get that first job after dance, that one that you were just telling us about? Um, well, this one, again, another kind of interlaced story. This fashion designer did some costume design for dance. Um, and I had just, I don't know, remember, I don't remember where I'd seen the position come up, but I saw it and I was like, well, I have some sewing skills and, you know, artistic in that sense and crafty. And so I went for the interview and, so she hired me. <laughs> uh, and it was also a bit awkward at times because occasionally the dancers would come in, people that I knew would be coming into the warehouse, into her studio there to get fitted for costumes. And I actually found it pretty embarrassing. <laughs> I, I had a hard time dealing with that. And because I, I wanted to be dancing, really in my heart, but I think my, my, of course, my physical state and my mental state, emotional state, just, I couldn't for those reasons. And it was hard to see dancers coming in and being fitted and, you know, getting ready to do a show. And, you know, I missed it so much. And through that process, 
and working there, I, you know, was getting really squirrely, you know, I, I missed being physical again. And, um, in fact, it was Rachel Brown's daughter who was in the fitness industry or is in the fitness industry, owned her own gym. And she said one day, well, wouldn't it be a good fit, excuse the pun, to get into the fitness industry and do some personal training, you know? I mean, I'd been a dance teacher. I taught movement and, you know, I wanted to be physical again. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a good idea. So... Had you thought of that idea before? What's Rachel? Never. What's Rachel's daughter's name? Uh, Ruth. Ruth. It was Ruth. So, so this is like one of these classic stories, right, of a <laughs> career change, yeah. and you don't quite know what to expect, right? And something comes up like that, and often these ideas come from other people. And so Ruth says, "Hey, what about being a personal trainer?" You had not even thought about it, but the dots seem to connect. You know, yeah. it's kind of physical and. And it it connects with a lot of the skills that you had. So what was your reaction when we said that? Well, I'd never stepped in a gym in my entire life. Um, And when she said that, I, I thought, and I'd been doing, you know, at home to stay in shape. I'd been, you know, looking at YouTube and doing little at home workouts and stuff just with body weight. And I thought, well, why not? Why, why why not get into this be a, you know, at least temporary, I thought at least something I can do. And, you know, I had really no, no idea what else I was going to do. I mean, I was interested in sports psychology. I had all kinds of things flying around in my head, but I didn't know how much I wanted to commit to any one thing, you know? And it was during this time. So 2014 that I was also getting the career counseling. So, you know, Angie was the the service you guys provided was so helpful in helping me to explore or delve deeper, and you know, having getting some self actualization that I normally wouldn't do for myself. You know, like I, I it's always been hard for me to kind of analyze myself, and you know, I just kind of don't enjoy it. (laughs) I found like the sessions with Angie actually just took all the energy out of me. It was like a full day of work to do that one hour or 90 minute session. You know, it just killed me, but it was so helpful to just realize the one thing I didn't realize is that I, I am a people person and I am somebody who likes helping others. And I never you know, I'm an introvert, really. And I never thought that sort of thing about myself. But people always say, Oh, Kristen, you're so good with people. And I'm like, am I? (laughs) But I mean, you just I don't want to say play the role when the when the circumstance is there. But I guess I don't know. It just comes out of me, I suppose, like if I'm teaching a dance class versus teaching uh an individual how to do squats or something, you know, like you just, you, you build that rapport. Right. So that's so, that's so interesting. So, so you, in 2014 there, um, the, a few things were happening. You had that conversation with Ruth, 
but also so, can you just say a little bit about that uh, the career counseling and how that came about and and I know there was a, a connection there with the dancer transition resource center so how did that come about uh yeah so um I knew that you know through the DTRC that um the counseling was available um and you know I paid my dues into the into the organization so I I figured why not like I why not take the opportunity I'm you know doing this job it was not serving me really how like it wasn't feeding my soul the way I needed that dance the way dance did that you know and I needed to find like I was dying inside you know like I just felt so um kind of useless you know even though I was working and you know still contributing to society I just wasn't happy and um yeah I I had this quote that I read out of somewhere and I don't remember where it was. I had it in my notes just written down, but it was about recognizing my desire to be useful and just seeing where it takes me. You know, I think that's a, uh, it's that self-actualization that um, I think I was missing. And so, yeah, they actually initially set me up with a counselor here in Winnipeg, but I just didn't, there wasn't a click between this person and me. And so I wrote back to the DTRC, DTRC and said, you know, like, this isn't working out for me. I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. And so they referred me to career cycles. And Angie, again, like I said, just was a huge part. And I still find that she's that interaction that we had for those weeks was a huge part in me getting to where I am now, like just that self-exploration of my qualities and skills and strengths really has brought me here. And so I'm so grateful for that service and I'm happy to be giving back here through this interview and just, you know, people, and keep in mind too, I mean, going back to school this last time for rehab therapy, you know, I started, I was 44 when I decided, you know, I mean, midlife, <laughs> it was so daunting for me to make that decision. And it took me about two years to make the decision, kind of going back on this, you know, the path that I took after, you know, skipping ahead a little bit, you know, I did the personal training and stuff like that. Well, maybe I should go back. <laughs> should I go back? <laughs> yeah, but let me let me just say for sure. listeners, um, the DTRC, if anybody is a dancer listening to this, right, that DTRC.ca. And um, as you say, if you're a dancer and you're connected to this and uh, kind of like a member, that they offer different packages of, of counseling. It's There's career counseling that we're talking about and financial and personal counseling. And what a wonderful resource to have for an, a, an obvious need. And I've interviewed some folks from DTRC also. And, you know, your story has some common elements that people get injured or, or whatever it is. And then they need to transition out at a young age. You 
called it middle age in her 30s or 40s. <laughs> and uh, and now what, right? And it is daunting, like you just said. And so to its credit, DTRC has this kind of the connection with uh, with members who can get these these services. So great that you you were able to access it and then share a little bit about it with us. So that there there was a turning point. Let's I guess there's two more turning points to look yes. at because there's the first one you were working with with Angie and Career Cycles and and then this conversation with Ruth that kind of led to this personal trainer. So how was that to learn about becoming a personal trainer and get into that? So yeah, so there's a the Manitoba Fitness Council is here in Winnipeg. Uh, they you can tr- go through different um, kind of routes within that, but you start initially with you know uh, um, theory, fitness theory, and then you go into resistance training, and then you can branch off into either personal training or aqua fitness or yoga fitness you know, various, uh, routes you can do, uh, to teach at gyms or start your own business, whatever you want to do. And they're relatively short courses, but you do put in a lot of work on your own time. Um, so that was, what did that take me? I don't know how long Uh, within about a year, 2015 I was taking these courses and you you have exams that you go through uh written and live uh exams where you're teaching and you're being you know um observed by a um another fitness professional in the community um so I got into teaching classes and um was teaching classes at a couple of gyms here in Winnipeg and then decided I want I wanted to start my own business. So I started doing personal training and small, uh, you know, couples training under my business called Fluid Muscle. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I wanted to also I wanted to, you know, also uh, work with bodybuilders in terms of uh, posing and choreography for their routines and stuff like that which then got me into bodybuilding also (laughs) so then I was uh, doing bodybuilding competitions for what four years I think 20 three or four years and I traveled I did extremely well I was you know Miss Manitoba for uh fit as a figure competitor uh in the 2018 season Miss Manitoba, uh, natural, this is, I'll emphasize natural bodybuilding. Uh, and so, and I, you know, quickly rose to be able to compete nationally, getting first place in, uh, master's classes, you know, nationally, I, I was part of the, um, Canadian team that was invited to compete in Spain, I went to Spain in 2018 to compete uh, at the Masters World Masters Championships. Uh, got eighth place there. Um, you know, in a like what? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I just like kind of amaze myself at some of the things I've done in a way. But uh, yeah, so bodybuilding. And, you know, continued in fitness training and stuff like that. I was on, you know, desk staff at a gym here in Winnipeg. 
So then uh, one of the, the assistant manager of that gym went on maternity leave. So I was put into the assist, assistant manager position and then the manager had to go on sick leave. So then I became the manager uh, for about two years. And this was all then COVID happened <laughs> during that time too, like almost right after I became the manager, COVID struck us. So uh, that was fun. We went through a number of lockdowns. So I was on, you know, employment insurance for that, uh, you know, because we, gyms were closed, right? So I wasn't working. And it was, we were locked down. It was three times we were locked down. And in the third lockdown is when I finally decided I can't, I, number one, I didn't like management. And I could have stayed in management because the manager then wanted to uh, retire. So I could have stayed in that position, but I didn't, you know, there are aspects of it that were not okay, but the corporate part of it, I just, you know, didn't like. Um, so it was in the third lockdown that I decided and also realized how much I loved personal training. And I just wanted to further help humans <laughs> become, you know, healthier and, um, yeah, rehab just, I don't know. I was just looking around, looking at what colleges around, you know, were offering as terms of courses. And I looked at this one and I was like, you know, that, that seems like a good idea. But so that was what, that was looking at a, like this, you know, the last one came because of Ruth, uh, and, and, and the work in career counseling, this one, like, hey, I'm doing this fluid muscle thing. And by the way, listeners, you can check fluidmuscle.com and uh, see some amazing images of Kristen's um, bodybuilding work and experience there. I'm just on that site, Kristen. That's amazing. So so this, this, so this transition, right? Like, I want to help people. You know, so already you've kind of absorbed now. I'm a people person, even though I didn't think I was. And I want to do something else and continue that journey of helping. So, you know, was the trigger like I just want to keep doing something and COVID was happening and that was that was disruptive to everybody's life. And you just what went on one of the college's websites to have a look at the different programs and, and hit upon the rehab therapy thing? Yeah, sort of. I mean, you know, uh, back when I was still dancing, I was, you know, thinking about physiotherapy or I was interested in sports psychology, um, you know, but I just the thought of going back to school for four more years or, you know, whatever it was going to take, I just like didn't I just even then I was like, I'm too old. I'm too old for this. <laughs> and so I kind of, you know, brushed it off and figured I'll find something. And um, yeah, I think I was just looking around and just look, you know, it's 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 a kind of a fast track course, very uh, condensed course uh, that I took at CDI College. Um, and, you know, 15 months, you do 12 months of, of classroom work, and then you go off and do three months worth of uh, your practicum placement. And, yeah, it just, it's, and it just seemed like a good idea. And I thought knowing that I wasn't going to do management and I knew, you know, per doing personal training is such a, 
you know, it's, it's not a solid, at least in Winnipeg, I don't know where it is, like in other places, depending, especially as my own business, you know, it's been so up and down. And of course, with COVID happening, I wasn't training anybody trying to train some people online and things like that. But, you know, it was just, it's, it's not a reliable job. And the other thing of it too was, you know, with rehab, it's in the medical field. I said, you know, I'm never not going to have work. Right. So, <laughs> Medicine so that's one of those never things. stopping. People are always going to be injured. You know, it's, and of course, COVID, I mean, rehab assistants were working with COVID patients, right. you know, they, they, some people were so sick, bedridden mm. people they have in the hospital here that they call them the turn team. So all they do all day is just turn people. People are just completely immobilized by, you know, COVID and complications related to COVID. They're in bed. They can't move. They need to be turned. That's what they did. They just the turned, turned people, you know, things you just don't think of that. You know, I was thinking rehab therapy. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be working in a private clinic somewhere, you know, working with athletes like that, you know, but no, I mean, the, the scope is so massive. And, you know, even with occupational therapy uh, being the other side of it, you know, you're making splints, customized splints. You're working on customized wheelchairs. You know, I mean, there's so much stuff. It's not just human on human. You're also making things to help people ambulate. And, you know, it's right on. And in fact, I'm, I'm I'm looking at the CDI colleges where you went in Winnipeg, but they're in different locations across Canada. And right. right on the page, it says employment opportunities, not just rehabilitation therapy assistant, but also occupational therapy assistant, physiotherapy assistant. So it, it seems like it goes in a few different places. And as you say, it was it was 15 months, I think you said. So yes. it was shorter like in many people mid-career when they're thinking of transition, don't necessarily want to go back to school for three or four years. And so this gave you a 15-month yeah. program. Nice. So, get, yeah, go ahead. When you look at that, too, I mean, the other thing that I had to just reassure myself is 15 months. I mean, when you look at COVID, for example, and say, you know, how many months or weeks was I laid off from work because of COVID? And, you know, if you look at 15 months, like what a blip in time that is when you look at the bigger picture of your life. And, you know, it's it for that daunting feeling that somebody may have as a more mature student, just think, you know, look at your scope, look at the broad scope of your life and just realize that, okay, 15 months is not that long you know, and it went by like in no time also. <laughs> so, and now I'm working and, you know, uh, so it was totally worth it. And, I, you know, the entire time I was in it, I knew it was a hundred percent the best decision, the right decision. And just, it felt so good to be even in this learning process. Like I was like, I love this. I love everything every day. I love going to school. I loved all every aspect of it, even exams. <laughs> <laughs> That's that says a lot. Yeah, yeah. My guest today is Kristen Haight. She is a rehabilitation therapy assistant now after many twists and turns in her career story. 
Um, you're listening to Career Buzz, and I am your host, Mark Franklin, here. And I will have on our on our Career Buzz page, whether you go and, and see it on um, careercycles.com or if you subscribe to the podcast, and I'll put a bunch of these links here, uh, including to Fluid Muscle, and and um, you were just talking about the CDI College course, so I'll put a link to that if people are interested. And uh, the Rachel Brown site's a good madness, and um, her site, rachelbrown.org, and even the DTRC, the Dancer Transition Resource Center. So all of these things that we've been hearing about, we'll have a have a look at it. Um, so we're in, we're now in the last kind of chapter here, Kristen. And so you've now been at this for you said you love the learning. Um, how how easy or hard was it to get a job when you graduated from the program? Well, um, I was lucky, first of all, lucky to have gotten my placement at the Health Sciences Center. Uh, the Health Sciences Center is uh, the largest hospital in Manitoba. It is a teaching hospital, so lots of students, uh, nursing students, physiotherapy students, you know, rehab assistant students um, are there in their practicums being taught, uh, mentored by, you know, um, other professionals, doctors as well. So um, I was really lucky that a position came up. Uh, it was, I was, I did my, my practicum in two parts. One of them was in five weeks in an outpatient uh, kind of setting, and then five weeks in the tr acute trauma area within my second week in acute trauma practicum i was offered a job there was a job um available uh part like a a uh, term position but i was like of course i'll take it you know how how awesome is that i still got three weeks of, of learning left <laughs> and they're offering me a job that was awesome so uh yeah i slipped right into that just on a different ward. I was placed on a different ward with, um, you know, some other, uh, other physiotherapists. Uh, this term position ends in the, at the end of March. I'm still hoping something will come up that I can transition into at the, at the, within the health sciences center still. So, uh, yeah, it was, I was very lucky. Um, but yes, right now the challenge is finding a permanent position, <laughs> but it'll come. And can you give listeners a sense of what's the what's the range of uh, salary or hourly rate that a, a rehabilitation therapy assistant can make? Uh, I believe it starts $19.70. I think it goes up to 25, if I recall correctly, per hour. And I, I saw a range like that was in the middle of the range. I saw a range that went up to 30 something when I was looking on Indeed before just okay. to kind of get a sense of it. But that was across Canada. I don't know. I can't remember yeah. which uh, city it was. Yeah, it might be in a different place, but great. All right. So so here you are now. Seems happy doing what you're doing, um, looking for the permanent role. But as we saw, there seems to be a lot of work for for. Uh, Rehabilitation therapy assistant. So, uh, so what's next in your career story, Kristen? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> you never know. I, you know, I, I feel like I, I want to say I, I'm not one to really make plans, but when I do decide to do something, it will happen, guaranteed. Like I don't do anything part 
halfway. I do it 110%. And any decision that I've ever made has come true, which I'm, you know, really grateful for that, you know, the work ethic that I, that I've had my, I think my dance career has given me, I mean, my parents too, but I think my dance career was a big part of creating that work ethic. Um, so, but, you know, things can change in a heartbeat, you know, I mean, look at COVID and what happened and just kind of, I think a lot of people made career changes during COVID For all sure. over the world. And, um, you know, one of my patients the other day said, so how long is it going to take you to become a physiotherapist? And I said, well, that's a whole another couple years of school. And, you know, it's not this I, I actually a physiotherapist yesterday asked me if I was going to upgrade, you know, and, you know, I, I, I don't ever close doors on anything. You know, I, like I said, I never expected to be in the medical field in this sense or work in a hospital, my mom's side of the family, all nurses working in home care and things like that. And I wanted to be an artist. I never, ever had any interest in nursing <laughs> or anything. But I mean, working in acute trauma, I mean, my gosh, the stuff you see, it's its not a, if you get queasy, <laughs> you know, you don't, it's not a job for you. It's pretty, people are really, really sick. People are really sick. And um, so it's, all right, so there's a the, the helping professions go back in your family as yeah. well there, but the maybe there's an art and a science to it, and and the the artistic aspiration maybe came through in dance and now comes through in the way you uh, treat people. Yeah, and um, you know, and and you, you didn't say too much about personal lives. You know, career and personal lives often intersect, and you know, a dance career can be very demanding. How how was that for you to navigate your a personal life through all the twists and turns you've been sharing here on the interview? Oh, that's good. That's a good question. It's it's. Uh, I always say, um, I I never seem to be able to line up you know say a relationship with a career and have them both go well at the same time <laughs> it's it's one or the other it seems for for me and I don't know if that's because of my you know if it's the work ethic the extreme commitment that you need for dance to be a dancer um you know you're always bringing your work home with you you're going over choreography you're you know whatever um, yeah, it's been a challenge and, but it further confirms, um, my resilience as a human being. And, um, I don't know what to say about it. <laughs> it's, it's a tough, it's tough. I don't know, but, um, you know, I do have people that people do support me in these transitions for sure. I definitely have support and thank goodness for them. Um, I do have people that really respect my choices and, you know, are great supporters, cheerleaders, 
So I'm grateful for that for sure. Nice. So, so interesting to hear the twists and turns in this story, uh, Kristen. Last question before we wrap up. You know, if you could share anything with listeners, uh, what you've learned, you know, you've done a lot of stuff, like you say, you've, um, um, any decision I've made has come true. I, I caught that. That was really interesting to hear you say, what can you share with listeners who might themselves be in a transition and trying to figure out what to do next? And, and maybe struggling with all of that. What what advice or, or lessons learned can you share with listeners? Well, I, th- I think, you know, our work lives are eight hours of our day or more for some people. Like nobody wants to do a job that they're not satisfied in. And I think you should never settle for something just because it makes more money or something like money has never been, I mean, obviously (laughs) being a dancer, training people, you know, it's money has not been my first concern when it comes to my career. I, you know, I don't know anybody that would want to be doing eight hours a day of something that they despise or something that gives them, you know, unhealthy amounts of stress or, you know, toxic conditions, whatever. So I think, yeah, just, I mean, getting that career counseling, uh, I wasn't ashamed to have chosen to do that. It's okay to ask people for help uh, if you need it. It's, it's, you know, having the outside eye that Angie had was a huge help because again, like I said, I never would have really explored myself in the ways that she helped me do uh, on my own. So um, it really reveals things about yourself that you just had no idea. And yeah, I mean, I I have what, about 25 years left of, of work in my life. I hope that's all <laughs> but i wanted it to be something that i i was proud of doing and you know again it's i mean it's been a great journey uh great reflection on all the the things that i've done in my life really exciting work lots of um soul filling work i've done in my life and i'm really really uh proud of that (laughs) and honestly i mean the other thing with the counseling too it it really in that self-reflection really made me proud of myself you know and the things that i've done like i've helped a lot of people and i didn't realize it you know and i never thought i liked helping people but i do So, yeah, I don't know. I just, and especially as a mature student, like, don't be afraid. It's a blip in time. You go back to school and then you're doing something you want to do. You know, finish off your career, your working life, you know, doing something that you want. Right on. I have a quote here. Where is it that I put? At the, putting put aside practical concerns and ask yourself at the end of my life, what am I going to wish I had done? That's what I would say. <laughs> Great advice, Kristen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us here on Career Buzz. Really appreciate you sharing the the whole story of your your career and life with us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mark. It was great. Thank you.
You've been listening to Career Buzz. Stories show that who you are matters. I'm your host, Mark Franklin. You can find out more about us and get career counseling for you or someone you care about. Go to careercycles.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email me. It's mark at careercycles.com or with questions. Uh, thanks to my guest, Kristen Haight. Technical production today was by Lucy Welsh. Subscribe to Career Buzz on your favorite podcast app. Find it at the podcast link at careercycles.com. Also at the podcast link, you can subscribe to Watch for Clues and receive one a month email with Career Buzz insights and upcoming guests. Catch Career Buzz every Wednesday, 11 a.m. on CIUT. That's it for today's episode of Career Buzz. Thanks for listening.